welcome to Christ Center Church, where Christ is our central focus. So good to be with everyone again. So good to uh, come together and just allow the Lord to touch our hearts together and experience the Lord, His presence together. Amen. I'm so thrilled and grateful to be a part of God's church. Uh, God has certainly been good to us. Amen. And it's just a wonderful privilege to be a part of His church. I am going to do my very best to get right into the Word of God tonight. And as we always start our Bible studies, anything that we do, we always start with prayer. And so we're going to go before the Lord in prayer tonight. I must say this, I am just so touched and so moved by all of the feedback I receive from so many of you that just reach out and say how the Word has blessed them, how ministry has blessed, blessed you. And so I'm just grateful to just be what God wants me to be and to be a conduit, a conduit for him and allow him to bless your life and bless us together. And so continue with the feedbacks. Uh, I always appreciate that. That is the body of Christ. You encourage me and I hopefully will encourage you. And if we continue to encourage one another, we will really get to see growth and, and, and see the Lord working within us. And so I appreciate hearing back from all of you what God is doing in your life. And so we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. And I want you to pray that God will prepare you for what he has in store for you. Ask God to prepare you for what he has in store for you because there's a great move of God and a great revival that we're going to experience in a little while. And we must prepare for what God is going to do. And we can't prepare by ourselves. We can do what we can and what we're supposed to. But we also want God to do his part in preparing our hearts and minds and guide us and lead us in the way that we have to go and allow us to experience the things that we need to experience that we can be prepared for what he will do in this last and final hour. So I want you to pray that God will prepare you uh, for what he has in store for you and for his church. And also... Uh, continue to remember those that we always mention in prayer, uh, our, our, our heroes of um, that's on the front line that are uh, essential workers, and especially those that are in the medical field, the um, healthcare professionals. Uh, make sure you keep them in, in mind. And keep pray, pray with me tonight for Sister Sylvia. She's a soldier in the army of the Lord, and she's just always going and going. And just pray that God will touch her body and God will give her strength because she never seems to stop. And we want God to just uh, strengthen her, touch her body, and give her what she needs to continue to serve him. And also for Mama Allen. Amen. I haven't spoken to Mama Allen in a little bit. I look forward to seeing her. Amen. I stopped by the house today, but I didn't get to see her. And so Mama Allen, I miss you. And hopefully I get a chance to see you very, very soon. So pray for Mama Allen, pray for Sister Sylvia, uh, that God's will be done in their life. God will strengthen them, touch their bodies, and, you know, continue to use them for his purpose. Continue to pray for Mama Thomas. Mama Thomas is faithful. The other day she told us to send pictures of the kids, and so uh, we're just all connecting and still in tune with one another. So as much as we're not gathering together in the building, we are connecting together, and it just does my soul so well to know that we're still together and we're still moving 
doing what God wants us to do. We're still being a blessing to one another. So let's go before the Lord in prayer tonight and ask God's will to be done. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we're grateful and we're thankful to assemble ourselves together again in oneness, in one accord, under the banner of Jesus Christ. We are your people, Lord God, and we're so grateful to be called the people of God. This evening, as we come together, Lord, we ask that you'll touch our hearts and minds. Lord, that we will be a ready vessel, ready for you, Lord God, to impart to us whatsoever you will. Lord, let nothing be a hindrance. Let nothing prevent us tonight, Lord God, from receiving all that you have intended for us or all that you have in store for us. And Lord God, let nothing prevent us from worshiping you and giving to you, Lord God, what we're supposed to give to you. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll speak to us in only the way that you can. We we desire, we yearn to hear from you, Lord God. And so, Lord, whatever way you choose, however you choose to minister to us, to speak to us, we welcome it. We look forward to it. For tonight, Lord God, we will give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. For God, you deserve all of it. You have shown us your goodness so often you have let us know, Lord God, that you are for us, that you are with us, and that you have provided for us. You have protected us, and you have kept us. And Lord Jesus, tonight we're touching and agreeing that, Lord, for all of us, Lord, that need a touch from you in our bodies, Lord, that you will show yourself faithful to us once more by touching us in our bodies and healing us and strengthening us, Lord God. And Lord God, give us the foresight and insight, Lord God, of your purpose for our lives, Lord God. I pray tonight, Father, that every one of us, Lord, you will, Lord, guide us, that you will help us to understand our purpose, Lord God, that you will prepare us, Lord God, for what you have in store, this great revival that I know has already been sweeping our world, but Lord, we want you to prepare us for whatever part we must play in this role, Lord God, of your revival. Will you prepare us, Lord God? Will you speak to us? Will you, oh God, mold us and make us, Lord God, equip us, Lord Jesus, that we can fulfill our part in your great revival in this earth, Lord God. We want, Lord God, to be ready. We want to be positioned and we want you to use us as you will. We want you to work in us as you please. And so God, we surrender ourselves tonight into your hand we commend our spirit that Lord Jesus thy kingdom come thy will be done in us and through us we pray tonight Lord God that you will touch sister Sylvia mama Allen Lord God touch them in their bodies Lord God strengthen them Lord God keep them from sickness ailments and diseases Lord God let your hand be upon them father and I pray Lord God that you will strengthen them and continue to work in their lives in a mighty and miraculous way, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray for Mama Thomas. Continue to strengthen her and keep her, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray for all of those, oh God, that are on the front line, our heroes, our essential workers, those, Lord God, that are healthcare professionals, Lord. We pray that you will continue to keep them from danger and harm. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to bless them and keep them. Let your face shine upon them and be gracious unto them. For God, tonight we're looking for you. Oh God, to help us. We look 
towards heaven, Lord, for a supernatural move and the power of your spirit to be revealed and unleashed right where we are in our homes, Lord God, right where we are with our families, oh God. Will you move, if you will, Lord, and that we will experience the power and the glory of God in our midst, Lord. We give you the praise and the honor, God, is through our study tonight, Lord, that we will come away with something that we did not have before we came together tonight. Bless our time of being together, will you, Lord? We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we thank you. I thank you for your presence. I feel the presence of the Lord, and I thank him for just allowing us to feel and experience his presence. We're going to get into the word of the Lord tonight, and we're going to start in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 16. We will go in verse number 15. That's Matthew chapter 16, verse number 15. We're going to read 15 through 19. For the next few weeks, we're going to do a series on the spiritual gifts in the church. The next few weeks, we're going to talk about the spiritual gifts in the church. The spiritual gifts in the church. And I feel led to do this because I believe God is preparing us for what's ahead. <laughs> I, I, I really feel strongly about that. I feel like God is preparing us for what's ahead. And so I feel led to teach on the spiritual gifts in the church. And so we're going to, we're gonna, this is going to be some journey that we're going to go on here, understanding the spiritual gifts in the church. But tonight, we're going to talk more about the church because we must understand who the church is, what the church is, how the church operates in order to get to the spiritual gifts that operates in the church. So we're going to talk about those things for the next few weeks through this series, and I hope you will stay connected with us and be a part of what we will be talking about for the next few weeks I believe you will be edified. I believe your life will be enriched. I believe you will receive guidance and direction from the Lord. And I believe God will prepare you for what's in store, what's ahead. Because I believe something great is ahead waiting. The Lord is getting ready to do something miraculous. And I am so excited about it. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 15. Again, so glad to have everyone a part of this uh, Bible study this evening. Thank you for attending, and may the Lord bless you. In verse 15, the word of the Lord says, He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? This is Christ asking his disciples, Who do men say I am? Verse 16, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ. He's telling him, You are the Messiah the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed, that key word there, revealed, flesh and blood had not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. I want to pause there for a second and kind of mention to you this. God, must reveal himself to you personally for you to come to know who he is. I can teach you about who he is 
I can instruct you in the word of God, who he is, that Jesus Christ is God manifest in flesh. Jesus Christ is the Almighty God. I can teach you those things. I can teach you that 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 God became man, and and you will get to learn that. But until God Himself reveals some intimate things about Him to you, you won't get to know Him until then. You will know about Him. You will have a little understanding of who He is because. I instructed you in the Word of God, and hopefully you listened and, and received it. But the bottom line is, until he revealed, this is what he said to Peter. If it had to be so for Peter, then it has to be so for us. He said, flesh and blood had not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. So Almighty God is who revealed, he revealed to us himself so we can get to understand him. Now here's the good part. When he reveals himself to us and we respond to him by faith and obedience and declare him to others, he will entrust us with the business of his kingdom. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. And so it's okay. All we have to do is make sure we constantly seek him. At his time, he will reveal himself to us in a special, intimate way where we will just know. Just nobody can tell you. Nobody has to make you. You will just know. I, I know him. I know who he is. Why? Because he revealed himself to me. And when you know that, and now you begin to respond in faith and obedience, and you begin to respond by declaring him unto others, then he says, now that's someone I will entrust with the business of the kingdom. So church, listen to me. Keep seeking God. He will reveal himself to you in a special, intimate way. You will get to know him personally, and he will begin to use you the way he wants to if you will respond in faith, obedience, and declaring him to others. Verse 18, not done reading, verse 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. We know that scripture, but I can read this scripture every day. I can repeat it over and over. He says, upon this rock, upon the confession that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, Almighty God, upon that understanding, upon that knowledge, I will build my, not your church, not somebody else's church, he will build his church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Verse 19, the final verse, and I will give unto thee, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. See what I mean? When Peter responded in faith, when he revealed himself to Peter, guess what? Now he says, Peter, I'm going to let you be a part of what I'm doing. I'm going to entrust you with the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. The church. What is the church? Listen to me carefully tonight. Please take notes. Please write down some of these things that you will hear. Very important. The church is not a building or any kind of facility. I guess we know it now. Maybe a long time ago when I taught that, you might say, eh, preacher, I don't know about that. But now we know the church 
is not a building or any kind of facility. Right? We're still the church. We're still existing. And we're existing without going to a building. The church does not exist primarily as a place for us to go or as a group to which we can belong to. It is biblically impossible to do or have church. We can only be the church. Now, I don't want you to feel condemned tonight because I'm not a preacher that preaches that kind of way. So don't feel like that. So here is what I'm saying. There are sometimes we get together, we say, we're going to have church tonight. That's biblically impossible, but I know what you mean. <laughs> when we say, I'm, I'm going to church, that's not biblically correct, but I know what you mean. But to be biblically safe, I want to let you know, and I have to teach the correct way, we can only be the church. We can't have church. We can't do church. We can't go to church. We can only be the church. The church belongs to no one but God. No family. No people. No preacher. No organization or denomination. The church belongs to God. Amen. The church is not an institution. The church is not a corporation or an organization or a social club, social or political action group. The church belongs to God. God's church exists to be his conduit for his will to be done in the earth. Mm -hmm. Listen to me. The first and foremost purpose of the church is to love God with our whole being, to serve God and fellowship with Him at all times, to obey His Word continually, to do all of His will daily, to pray according to His, his instructions. We can find that in Matthew 6, 9 through 15 and some other scriptures. Its, its purpose is that His will may be done in you and through you. Right. Its purpose is to preach His gospel to every creature in the whole world. Mm -hmm. Those things are the first and foremost purposes of the church. Somebody say amen. amen. Everything else a local church may be involved in is secondary to God's purpose for it. Come on. The church belongs to God and nobody else. Come on. The church is his body. Somebody say that with me. The church is his body. The church is his bride and his temple which is the habitation of his spirit on the earth. Mm -hmm. So the church is the body of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. And the church is our temple, which the Holy Spirit inhabits in the earth. Amen. 
the church, it is a living supernatural organism. Come on. When you get a chance, go and look up what an organism is. It's different from an organization. The Lord Jesus Christ alone is the founder and builder and grower of the church. He alone is its leader, shepherd, savior, Lord, and God. You get this picture? The church is all about Jesus. The church is his body. The church is his bride. The church is where he inhabits with his spirit. And so we can't go to church. We can only be the church. The church is who we are. The kingdom of God is what the church does. The church is who we are. I don't know if you remember reading in the scripture where it says the kingdom has come to you. The kingdom is the demonstration of God's rulership, God's authority, God's power. So when we are the church, when we become a part of the church, now we're, we're governed and we are ruled and we are led and we are under the, the, the authority of the kingdom of God. The, the kingdom now reigns in our life. And so wherever we show up, because we're under authority of the power of God and the power of God is within us, we show up. The kingdom of God exists. So we, as the church, do the kingdom. It's not that we are, or we get into the kingdom. We do the work of the kingdom. Right. Therefore, we are not just born again into the church, but we are born again into the kingdom of God. How are we born again in the church? Now, we know some of you say, probably I've heard this before, but it's important to understand all of these things. And some may be watching or listening tonight that may not understand how you become the church, Mm -hmm. how you become the body of Christ, how you become the bride of Christ. We need to understand how to become that. And so in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 through 28, The word of the Lord says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Therefore, or or the scripture says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ. So when we are baptized into Christ, we put on Christ. What does that mean, preacher? I don't understand all of that. I'm glad you said that. John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, talking to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water 
and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So you can only be born into the kingdom. So, in other words, you can only be born into the church. If we're going to be a part of the church, if we're going to be the body of Christ, if we're going to be the bride of Christ, we have to be born into it. There is no other way to be a part of the body of Christ. There is no other way to be the bride of Christ. There is no other way. We must be born into it. <laughs> Mark 16 verse 15 says, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Verse Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Now we just read that if you believe and you're baptized, it says shall be saved. Right. Can I say it this way? He that believeth and is baptized will become a part of the body of Christ. Come on. Look at it like this, church. Who can or what can destroy the body of Christ? Who can and what can destroy the body of Christ? Nothing or no one can destroy his body. So we don't have to worry when we're born into the church because we become his body and nothing can destroy the body of Christ. That's why when we read earlier in Matthew, it says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. You know why? Because the church is his body and nothing can destroy God. We become a part of his body when we're born Again, and nothing can destroy what is God's. And so if we want to make sure we are indestructible and we cannot be destroyed, then we need to be born again into the body of Christ, into the church. Right. Somebody Come say amen. Amen. And so Acts chapter 2 verse 38 through 39 gives us the instructions as to how to be born into the church. Right. You can't get into the church anyway, any, any, any other way but be born. So let me help somebody because I hear somebody thinking. When we are able to go back in the church building, coming into the church building and experiencing the presence of God don't make you a part of the church. Right. Come on now. If the church is his body and you must be born into it, then we can't just go into a building, experience his presence, you know, clap our hands, sing a few songs, and now we are a part of the church. No, we enter the building where the church assemble themselves and worship God, but that doesn't make you a part of the church until you are born into the church. Somebody said, praise the Lord. If you're going to be the church, you have to be born into the church. Not just enter the building where the church is assembled and worshiping the Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. We have to understand who the church is, what the church is, 
and that the church doesn't belong to us. Consequently, and by definition, it is biblically impossible to go to church. <laughs> so when we say I'm going to church, that's impossible and it's not biblically correct. Now again, I'm not making you feel bad or trying to condemn you. I understand sometimes we just say it because it's what we're used to saying. Mm -hmm. But make sure you understand the biblical correctness of the church. Understanding that when you are born into the church, you are the church. We don't go to church, but the church goes to the building to worship our God. Right. The church must be participating with the kingdom of God every day. There is only one source of trustworthiness, accurate and infallible information about the true church. Mm -hmm. That is the Bible. Come on. The Bible provides us the true, infallible, accurate instructions about the church. Anything that contradicts the Bible, what or should I say anything that contradicts what the Bible defines the church as being and declare what the church is supposed to do is not accurate. The Bible is the only standard and the only measure by which we will all be judged. We need to know our Bible. Somebody said we need to know our Bible. Amen. Because if that's what we're going to be judged out of, then we need to know the Bible. Concerning the church... Paul declared in Ephesians 3.20. Listen to what Paul declared. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church. Let me stop there, church. We have to make sure that Jesus Christ is glorified when we come together. We must make sure as the church, wherever we go, Jesus Christ is glorified. And so a lot of times we want to know and, and sometimes even ask ourselves, why is it so important that I live this way? Why is it so important that I act this way? Why is it so important that I put on this? Why is it so important that I look this way? Because we are the church. We don't go to the building that is called the church. We are the church. Wherever we show up, we show up as the church. And the church is supposed to give glory unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Every time we show up, uh, wherever we go, however we live our life, uh, God is supposed to receive glory from it. Uh, so ask me why you need to look this way. Ask me why you need to talk this way. Ask me why you need to live your life this way. Ask me why you need to present yourself this way. Because you are the church.
church and you're supposed to be giving glory unto God. We live the way we live. We live righteously because we are to give God glory. We don't lie because we ought to give God glory. We need to live a righteous and holy life because it gives God glory. And so as the church, we are supposed to be giving glory unto God by the way we live, by the way we worship, by the way we praise, and by the way we just present ourselves as children of the living God. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Here's some more scripture for you. Ephesians 1, 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the, in, in the heavenly places far above principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. So Jesus Christ is the head we are the body. Man, I love that. That's, a, that's powerful right there. Jesus Christ is the head. We are the body. So when we are born again, we become the church. When we're born again, we become his body. And guess what? You look at yourself. Go look at yourself. Well, don't leave right now. But when, when we're done, go and look at yourself in the mirror and see if the body follow the head or does the head lead the body. Uh-huh. So really and truly, when you become the church, you have no say-so in where you're going. Because you're not the head. The head determined where we're going. The head determined what we're doing. The head determined all the plans. The head is what makes the decisions. The body just go along with what the head determines. And so when we become the church, we don't really have any say-so on what's supposed to go on. All we can do is go along and the head leads us. And so who are we? We are the church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the temple of Christ. And we need to say thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be your body. And when we're born again of the water of the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, we become the church, your body. What a great privilege and a blessing. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. The church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fill it in all. Let me tell you something. We represent the Lord because we're his body. We belong to him. We are his body. And we have to realize who we are so we can live what he intends for us and how he intends for us to live. 1 Corinthians 3 and 9. The Bible says, For we are laborers together with God. Huh. 
Does that make sense now? If, if, if we become born again and become the church, and he is the head, and we are the body, it makes sense now that the text would say we are laborers together with God because he is the head and we're the body. So we're working together to do his bidding. We're working together to fulfill his purpose. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building according to the grace of God which is given unto me. I love this text which is given unto me as a wise master builder. That's what Paul says. Mm -hmm. I have laid the foundation. Come on. That's what Paul says. And another build it thereon. But let every man take heed how he build it upon. Right. So what Paul is telling us, the foundation has been already laid as the church, because here we go again, the scripture is telling us not only is the church the body of Christ, not only is the church the, 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 the temple that he dwells in, not only is the church his bride, but the church is his building. So we got it confused. It's not the building we go to that he's concerned about. It's the building that he has fitly joined together. All of us becoming one, being the building of Christ, the body of Christ, the temple of Christ. That's what he's concerned about. So when he calls us his building, what he's saying is every one of you that are born into the church, you become a part of the building. You're lively stones, fitly put together so we can be that building. Right. But every building needs a foundation. Yes, it does. You Come can't on. build a building without foundation. If you're going to build a building, you must first lay the foundation. And what the apostle was saying is, the foundation is already laid. And so you don't have to worry about the foundation. You need to worry about how you build on the foundation. But the foundation is already established. So don't you worry about laying any other foundation. Don't you worry about trying to make the church foundation different uh, because the church foundation is already laid and established and all we got to do is build upon it the way we need to build upon it. I have laid the foundation and another builder thereon. Remember that scripture when Paul says some planted some water but God gives the increase. That, that, that makes sense now? Paul says, I laid the foundation. Now stuff is going to water. And God is going to give the increase. Right, right. But let every man take heed how he build it thereon. Mm -hmm. That's important. Come on. For another foundation can no man lay than that is already laid which is Jesus Christ so now you understand that Jesus is the foundation of the church he is the body of the church we are the body of him which is the church and he is the head so he is the foundation and he is the head and we are the body so now when you go back and you look at what we read earlier you can see where it says that in verse 18 in Matthew chapter 16 and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter 
And upon this rock I will build my church. If he's going to build a church, guess what? Guess who made the foundation? He did. Because we know that there must be a foundation laid before you can start to build. And so he's building the church. The foundation is already laid. He is the foundation. And so now we have to check with him to know how we function as the building, how we function as the body. And he will see to it that we continue to be built up to the place where we are complete in him. Somebody say amen. Amen. So we got to understand the principles and, and the biblical truth about the church. The Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And so, by the way, when, when, when Christ said he gave Peter the keys, what he's saying is, Peter, I, I, I gave you the keys to open the door for people to be able to be born again into the church. Right. Come on. And when you become a part of the church, you now have the keys to lead people to being born again to become a part of the church. Right. So, Understand that the church is not a building and it's not a facility that we go to. I got to tell you, I feel so strongly about how the Lord did not intercept what was going on that we now know as one of our, probably the, the greatest pandemic our world has ever seen. And he could have stopped it, but he didn't. I don't know why he didn't, but he chose not to stop it. But here is what I do know. I have seen more people reached by us not going to the building than when we were in the building. Somebody needs to say amen. When we were going to the building, yes, we were reaching people. When we were going to the building, yes, we were effective. And when he made the way again for us to go back in the building, we will be effective. We will reach people. But what I'm telling you is, I see more people being reached now that we're not going in the building. Because I believe that we're taking the opportunity to be who we are. And we're taking the opportunity to seek him for his direction and for his will. When before, we might have just been in our routine doing what we've always right, done right. but now we're functioning as the church and we don't understand sometimes we're probably frustrated the way our things are working now but we're functioning now more as the church than when we were going to our building somebody say praise the Lord because it's true we're functioning better as the church without going to the building do you want to go back to the building I want to go back to the building I know God will open the door for us to go back to the building but the bottom line is, he has just given us a glimpse of how the church will be more effective and how the church will be functioning. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm starting to, I, I, I reached out to our, our, our person that designed uh, um, all of our literature and I said, let's change up how we create our postcards that we can hand out to folks to know what we're doing. And, and now you have to make sure this, this, this social media platform is being talked about because people are going to consume the word of God and, 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 and enter into the church in different ways than you and I have imagined over the years. So we have to give them the opportunity to enter the church whichever way they need to get it to enter the church because 
We are in the last days and God is moving in a special way and He's going to reach a lot of people and we must be flexible. Let me give you, say this last thing to you before I close out. We got to be pliable, church. Pliable means to be flexible. You cannot and you don't want to be just set in your ways that you're not pliable. You're not flexible. You just can only behave and move in one way and one direction. We have to be ready so when God decides, this is what I want to do in your life, you're not so stuck in the way you've always been that you can't allow God to direct you. You can't allow God to work in your life the way He wants to. We must make ourselves pliable unto the Lord. We can't be just stuck in our ways. And I believe this is a great opportunity. This this pandemic that we've experienced is a great opportunity that we can look at to say, you know what? I realize that I'm going to have to make myself pliable. I'm going to have to make myself flexible to the will of God. Flexible to the purpose of God. And whatever God wants to do, I am going to be able to do it. So if I got to stop on the dime and turn and go someplace else because that's what God is doing, I got to be able to do that. I got to be able to do that. And so we have to make ourselves pliable. The church is not a building or a facility. The church is us being born again and now becoming the body of Christ. The church does not belong to anyone. The church does not belong to a family. The church does not belong to the pastor. The church does not belong to the people. The church belongs to the Almighty God. And we have to understand that. The church belongs to God. And we must remember what the church is has been purposed to do in the earth. We have to make sure we're paying attention to what God says we must be doing in the earth. The church is his body, the church is his bride, the church is his temple. It's a living, supernatural organism, and we must get that. So, I'm going to stop there for Bible study tonight. I wanted to kind of just talk to you about the church, because next week we're going to go into the spiritual gifts that operate in the church. And so when we get into that next week, we'll talk about the difference between gifts and wages. We're going to talk about the different kind of gifts, how they operate. Because what God is going to do, we must prepare ourselves for God to work in our lives. And that's why I felt so led to teach about the church and the spiritual gifts of the church. Because as God begins to move in the earth, He wants to move through us. And how He's going to move through us is going to be ways that we're probably not used to. But God is going to work in us. And so my, my responsibility and assignment, I believe, is to equip you with the information and the knowledge and the understanding of the ways God can work through you, work in your life, And so you can be ready and prepared that as God begins to do what he wants to do, you will be at least, uh, what's the word, aware. You you will have some kind of awareness that, you know, this could be the Lord working in my life. So I want for you to think about those things and understand those things that God is preparing us for his great revival that we're going to experience in the next few months, the next few years, 
And then his final return, he's going to return for his church, his bride. So we're going to be equipping ourselves, preparing ourselves for how he can use us so he can use us as he pleased. Again, church, thank you for joining us tonight. I appreciate um, all of you that have reached out and have just made mention of how you've been blessed from the preaching and teaching, from our prayer meetings. I am so glad that we're doing this together. We're doing this together. We are the church together. Amen. And so I'm excited about what we're doing. Continue to keep each other in prayer. Reach out to one another. Connect with brother with, with one another. I'm, I'm just glad to, 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 to know that we are still doing what we're supposed to do. Our communication and connectivity with one another has been outstanding. Keep on connecting with one another. Keep on just just uh, reaching out to one another. If anyone needs anything, let's communicate and see how we can give them what they need, provide what they need, and just love one another. Don't forget, tomorrow evening, we have a, a men's meeting, and we're just going to go around the horn on our um, on our Zoom chat. We're going to go around the horn and just talk about how we all been doing um, since we've been... Um, in, in in isolation, what is it called? Quarantine. Quarantine. There you go. So 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 we're gonna go around the horn and talk about that a little bit and share with one another. Nothing serious, just to have a chat, make sure we're good, check in with one another, and um, even share something, you know, in the word of God with one another. So let's let's meet up tomorrow. Um, Brother Tom should send you the Zoom link, and I believe it's seven thirty. Hope it's 7.30 that we start tomorrow um, for our men's meeting. So join us and let's talk tomorrow and uh, have a good time as men. I believe we will have a great time. Ladies, I know your time will come. Love you. I'm sure you guys will work something out where you can have your ladies chat as well by Zoom. Um, but let's continue to connect with one another and um, continue to fellowship with one another. We appreciate you, and we appreciate what uh, all of you are doing and how you're staying safe. And, and let's stand and let's pray together. We're going to dismiss. Let's stand and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're thankful for your word tonight to hear about and understand what your church is. Lord, I pray that every word that went into our hearing will resonate, will take root, will grow and produce fruit. For God, we want to have true biblical understanding of your church. Amen. Lord, we want to be able to be who we're supposed to be, which is the church. And we want to know our purpose within the church. Amen. And so God, we ask that you will prepare us. We ask that you will direct us, that we can be ready when called upon to do your will. I pray that you will keep us safe. I pray that you'll give us health and strength, that we're able to carry out the will and purpose of God as individuals, but also as the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Lord, bless and keep our families until we come back together again. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory, for we thank you for all that you are doing, all you've done, and all that you will continue to do. We love you, Jesus. We're so grateful and thankful that you're our God, that you're our Father, where we can cry, Abba, Father. We thank you. Lord, we bless your name. We praise your name. And all of this we say in Jesus' name, amen.
Church, love you much. And men, I'll see you tomorrow night. Everyone else, I'll see you Saturday at 6.30 for corporate prayer. God bless you. Have a great night.